All right, all right. You got to hug three people and let them know you're happy they're here today. Come on now. Give some love. We're connecting with each other. I heard a stat this week that, that a lot of people under the age of 40 don't wear deodorant. So we're going to find out today. All right, all right. Like I said, I heard a stat this week that 60% of people under the age of 40 no longer believe in deodorant. So you found out today if no one did and you know who's on your prayer list. So uh, if you don't, praise God, that's up to you. I know I stank, so I have to wear it. So I'm thankful that you're here today. I'm thankful that everyone, like I said, if you're joining us online, when you come to hang out here with us, not only are you going to get hugs, get high fives, and have a good time and have some amazing worship with us, have some amazing food, but I'm, I'm believing and I know going to encounter God in a new way and so we are waiting and we've got chairs waiting for you just come hang out with us anytime so that being said over these past few weeks uh, we've been walking through this series called level up and we've been talking about how we can level up in our relationship with Jesus we started out talking about what to do when life gives you that punch out you know what I mean how we can how we can face life in the punch out and then man we had some fun didn't we talking about some wheels and banana peels uh, and we talked about how, and how we can be caught in a cycle of sin, but Jesus came to break us free of that cycle. And last week, thank you for each and every one of you hanging in there with me for Father's Day. One of the hardest weeks always for me is Father's Day. And so to bring a message, if there was anything good from it, it was all Jesus. If it was anything bad, it was all me. So thank you for hanging in there with me there. And this week, I'm excited to continue in this series that we call Level Up. So if you got your Bible today, we're going to be hanging out. In Psalm 127 and Exodus 35. And so here's the thing. We say it every week because we want you to be able to encounter God in a new way. So if you would like a Bible, we have them free for the asking over at the garden. Or a lot of us do things digitally now, don't we? So we get to partner with the Bible app every week. Uh, and you can follow along with scripture with us. You can find ways to connect with us and ways to, for you to take notes. So I'm going to show folks for the first time how they can do that. If you want to download the Bible app from your favorite app store. Notice I said favorite app store. You know, that's how we roll. You go ahead and get that thing. You open it up, and you're going to click on the More tab. Once you click on the More tab, make sure your location services is on. Click on Events. Once you click that up, you're going to see the Vine TV worship experience. You're going to see the name of this week's message. It'll make sense, even though I sometimes don't, right? It'll make sense here in a little bit. And you're going to see Level Up. And so on there, once again, you're going to find a way that you can follow along in Scripture. You're also going to see a place that you can take notes and ways that you can connect with us throughout the week. Uh, so if you got your Bible, you can go ahead and get there. And we're going to be talking about these few songs that we've been doing over these past few weeks. You know, just a quick review. We've been talking and walking through the Song of Ascents. We found out last week that even though I love math, I'm not good at it because I've been telling you there are 14 and there's actually 15 Songs of Ascent. And just for review's sake, uh, what these Songs of Ascent were was every year... All of the Jewish people gathered in Jerusalem for three festivals, okay? Uh, those three festivals, the first one, they were all three feast festivals, if you will. Hey, praise God that he's about food. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have feasts. Like, it ain't nothing. Like, you know that they had, you know they were pushing and shoving in line for that homecoming dinner. That's what it's going to be. So that's what it was in heaven. So Jerusalem got to do this three times a year. The first festival was the festival of Passover. You say, I've never heard of that. Well, You've heard of Easter. We can connect the dots later. There are people that want to connect those dots with you later. If you want to ask questions about that, we would love to. Come grab us after the service. Uh, they had what's called the Festival of Pentecost. Not how we know Pentecost. But what would happen in that is that was actually 50 days uh, after, after the, festival, the Passover festival. 
And what would end up happening there is that all of Jerusalem would come and have a good meal, celebrate a wheat festival, and it talked about the law coming down. And the last festival was a festival of tabernacles, basically Thanksgiving. We've talked about that last year. So they would come together for Thanksgiving, all around food, y'all, all around food. Amen and pray. If nobody's happy for food today, y'all full from breakfast. That's what it is. Yes. Thank you, Matthew. Got my back. Got my back. That's all that matters. So there was food all around us. So that as they gathered up, we talked about as they came to Jerusalem, they had to go up to Jerusalem. No matter what direction they were coming from, no matter where they were across the world, because Jerusalem is, is in the middle of a hill country. And so as they would go up these roads, up the hills and hollers, if you will, as they went up the road all the way to Jerusalem, we found out that Jerusalem represented the city of peace. So as they were going to the city of peace, they could encounter danger along the way, so they walked up this road and sang these songs ever so beautifully, I'm sure, as they were going up to keep their heart reminded of worship. And so I, as we were getting and walking through this, that's kind of how we're talking about leveling up on our relationship because we got to make sure that our heart's in the right place. You know, it's one thing to come in and, and to get something from the day, but it's, it's a different thing to bring something to every day that we get to live. And I'm thankful that God lets us live this day. You know, you, you are here for a purpose on day to, today. Uh, you weren't here by mistake. You weren't here just by, by, by chance. God has you here for a purpose. So I'm just going to ask you today, prepare your heart for what he wants you to bring. Because you're going to receive something, because you're going to hear his word, and you're going to have a way that you can respond. But I'm just going to ask you, what are you bringing today? And see what Jesus is going to do. So if you got your Bible today... We are going to be in the Song of Ascents. We're going to go back to Psalm 127. There were two verses I left out last week, if you were following along with us, for those who are OCD and, and type A. You noticed I left these two verses out, and I want you to pay close attention to these verses. Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2 says it this way. If you've got a Bible, I want to give you freedom to write in it as well. Don't be afraid. Highlight, especially these first three words. Unless the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. You know, we have people who get here before the sun comes up in the morning to set all this up, to get everything ready, so that way we can connect with you. But the thing is, all of our efforts matter not if Jesus isn't in it and if the Lord isn't in it. And I want to tell you that that's one of the things that we make sure that we do before we get in here each and every week. So wherever you are in life, I want you to see how many times you hear about the Lord being in this passage. So unless the Lord builds the house... The builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Isn't it crazy? They were singing this festival song on the way to get something to eat, and they got to hear about toiling and laboring. But the thing that's so much important that we have to see in our life as we're going through things, and it's going to sound like a platitude, it's going to sound like something you hear all the time. But once again, I said at the beginning, what are you bringing here? Unless the Lord, how many things in our life are we including God in? Are we just asking him to bless our plans? Are we seeing what he's doing around us? See, the thing that we've been learning through our on Thursday nights is exactly that. Because so many times when we pray, we say, God, I want to do all this and give you all the glory and give you all the praise and give you all the fame. I'll, but you got to do this. Like, you got to bless this for me to do that. Instead of seeing and looking and praying, God, where are you moving? Let me be a part of it. So that's what David is pointing out here when we're reading this song. Excuse me, Solomon is pointing out here when we're reading this song of the sin. It says, unless the Lord builds it, 
And so today, when we're talking about building, we've been having fun over these past few series, when we're talking about building, today as we talk about leveling up, i got to make sure I get this right here, as we talk about leveling up, the title of today's message, talk, whatever this is we want to call it, this encounter with God in a new and fresh way, is level up, I-O-T, S-Z, J, and L. Anybody ready for that? Everybody knows what that is. Everybody knows what that is on the screen. But when I tell you, when I tell you the letters, doesn't it sound a little crazy? It's going to make sense here in a minute. And you got something in your chair we'll get to a little bit later. If not, you might want to look for it because you're going to trip on it on the way out. I just want to let you know. And I don't know how much our insurance will cover that. So you might want to make sure that you know where that is in your chair. But we're talking about this thing called Tetris today, if you will. How many folks remember playing Tetris? How many folks like playing Tetris? Right, like little did I know that God was preparing me in Tetris to get ready to, to be a part of loading in and loading out a church and loading in and loading out trailers multiple times and trucks all those times ago uh, when he was, he was letting me play Tetris. I remember the first time I played Tetris, I had it on my Game Boy. How many folks got it with their Game Boy? Because it came with your Game Boy, remember? Now, if you know anything about me, I had two games on my Game Boy, okay? I had Tetris and WWF Superstars, because WCW didn't have a game yet. If you know, you know, that's what it was. And what we ended up doing was played that constantly. I remember my friend Barry, uh, if he's watching online, uh, I don't know if he remembers, we played those things all the time. We played the Game Boy. And everybody remembers the song. I think we can't do that because they'll cut us off. So you know it. It's playing in your head right now as you're going through there, right? Play this game called Tetris. So I started looking to say, okay, Tetris is about building something, isn't it? Tetris is about being a part of something great. So I started digging in and Maybe some things you don't know or maybe some ideas, maybe you do know, and this is a great refresher, as I was learning a little bit about the game of Tetris. If you know anything about me, I'm not political, so just hang in here with me. Uh, Tetris was the first evidence of Russian meddling. <laughs> tough, tough crowd, y'all will get it later. Anyway, uh, because believe it or not, the Soviet Union owned Tetris when it first came out. I don't know if you know that, but the creator had to sell the rights to the Soviet Union and that's who actually had the game in the beginning. Can you believe that? You were playing a Russian game. You didn't know that, did you? It's crazy. I didn't either. I just learned this. So believe it or not, that was the first thing. And so the creator, Alexei Pajitnov, uh, did not get the first dollar from it until 1996. But the game came out in like 86 or 84, I think it was, something like that. The game came out a long time earlier. And what he did, and the reason he created this game is it was his favorite, one of his favorite games to play, and it had 12 different pieces that came together. But he said 12 pieces would be too hard, so I'm going to make it of seven, and I'm going to take this thing, and, I, and I'm not smart enough. Folks who are smarter than me can tell me the name of all the things that go with it. But he said, I want to take these seven pieces, and I'm going to combine it with tennis, and we're going to have this game where you can put pieces and place them and the reason he did that is, believe it or not, so that the Soviet Union could test their new computers, and it made it less intimidating. He wanted to push the hardware as hard as he could, so that way it was less intimidating for people. So may maybe you didn't know that, but you, I was pushing my Game Boy as hard as I could, and it was for, for somebody else. I remember that. And if you were really cool, just on a side note, I remember having the little light because it didn't have the backlight. You had the Game Boy Advance in color. I'm sorry. That ain't how we rolled. We have the original stuff in my house. You had the little light, you know. You put the cover over your head, and you could play it late at night. And I'm just saying, if you know, you know. So that being said, while you were playing that game, that's what he was doing is he was trying to do that to push the hardware to the limit and build that. And the thing is, the reason that he had the blocks disappear is he realized that the screen would fill up too fast. And so that's what happened is actually the, the glitch in the original game was the blocks disappearing when they connected to make a line. 
And so when he did that, it just caught on like wildfire, and everyone loved it. And if you really knew, you would, you know, roll it over in midair, so that way you had time to move your piece. If you know, you know. But uh, he would do that all the way through. But in this, here's the thing. I didn't know these blocks have names. How many people knew these blocks had names? I know that some people in the back knew that. There are people, the man behind the curtain. The people in the back, our creative team, knew that they had names. I didn't know this. The pieces of Tetris have names. So hang in here. You want to win some trivia with your family. Here you go. So the I block is called the hero block. Who don't like being the hero? How selfish is that, the hero block, the I block? Can you believe that? It's called the hero block. So the I block is called the hero block. The O block, the four blocks together, square. Let's be real. It's a square. The square is called the smash boy. <laughs> like, it's called the smash boy. So get in there. Hang in with that. So the I block is called the hero block. The O block is called the smash boy. <laughs> the T block is called the Tiwi. Don't say that the wrong way. You'll get in trouble and you'll get put in jail. Don't say that the wrong way. The Tiwi, the T-E-E-W-E-E, the Tiwi is the T block. The S block is called the Rhode Island Z. <laughs> the Z block is called the Cleveland Z. That was before my boy LeBron left and went to the Lakers. You know what it was the Cleveland. Tough crowd. Uh, so Cleveland Z, T Cleveland Z. The J block is called the Blue Ricky. That is not to be confused with the L block that's called the Orange Ricky. So if you didn't know that all these blocks have names. So I don't know, when I was playing that game, I wasn't trying to think, man, I'm going to get the, the Hero block with the Smash Boy with the Orange Ricky and the J Ricky. Oh, man, and the Tiwi. Did you see the Tiwi came out of nowhere when they dropped that down? That was crazy. Like, I wasn't playing that game. I was just trying to connect the dots. But what's really crazy is what I'm getting at and what I'm really trying to have fun with is so many times in our life and our walk with Jesus, don't we feel like we're just an I-O-T-S-Z-J and L? Maybe we just feel like we're a name and we're just an individual piece that can't make a difference in anyone. But the thing I want to tell you that I'm going to roll back around at the end is this. How many of us loved when those little lines disappeared in the Tetris game? Because you got to keep moving forward, right? Didn't it bring you joy until it got really fast and then you got really angry because it went too fast? But like it brought you joy. Here's what I want to tell you today. When we live a life connected and we're not worried about our name and instead we're trying to come together and build, be a part of what Jesus is building, we bring joy to others around us. So much joy that they want to keep being a part of it day after day after day after day. So much so they're more addicted to Jesus than they are of anything else because they see it's not about our name and it's not about us. It's about him and it's about coming together. So today as we go and build through this, that's what I want to talk to you about. Because when Solomon was talking in Psalm 127 about building the house, remember Solomon was the king who built the temple uh, for the Lord, right? He had Solomon's temple. And it was so important in his time. And so I said, hey, man, when we're talking about building something in our life, I wonder, I wonder what we see the Lord building in our life. And he brought me to Exodus 35. So if you got your Bible today, let's talk and see what what the Lord is building, and if you don't know where Exodus is, you just keep flipping to the left in your Bible if you're not on the Bible app, and it'll get you to Exodus 35, and we'll see what the people were building. And remember I told you to circle some things in Psalm 127. I told you to circle what? Unless the Lord, right? The circle Lord. Every time you saw the Lord in there, remember that. I want you to look at it from this perspective too in Exodus 35, verse 30 through 35. It says this. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, 
The what? See who? The Lord. The Lord has chosen, here we go, Bezalel, 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 we're going to say this the best way we can, son of Uri, son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given, that's the Lord, both him and Oholiab, don't tell me there weren't any people that had some southern names in the Bible, come on, Oholiab, son of Ahisamach, from the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. So who gave them the, the wisdom to do it? The Lord. Who gave them the ability to teach? The Lord. Not Moses, not man, but the Lord. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiders in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen and weavers. All of them skilled workers and designers. So, going to chapter 36, verse 1. So, Bezalel, excuse me, Oholiab and every skilled worker to whom who? The Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary or to do the work just as the Lord commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. Really quick, here's what I want to tell you in your life. We're going to dive into even more what this means, but I want you to know that God's given you a great, God has given you a purpose. God has given you a reason to be here. But the thing is, you've got to be willing to join him to do it. It's not a, it's not a, well, God's just got me to do this and God created me to do this. Well, you've got to be willing to join him in the work he wants you to be a part of. Because that's what happened there. It would have been one thing for everybody to say, hey, we're going to go build this Tetris block. We're going to go do this thing and then go do it. And the Lord's called us to do it. And only two people showed up. But if the people were willing to show up, I want to see you what happens when that happens. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. I want you to pay attention to that. Free will offerings. That's why here at the Vine Church, I don't talk to you about a percentage. I don't talk to you about a number. God is asking you to be a part of something that he is building and something he is creating. And you've just got to be willing to respond to whatever he's calling you to do. If you think he can't use your dollar, you're crazy. He can do more with your dollar than I can do with a thousand of your dollar, than the church could do. Because he's just after your heart. He's not after a percentage or a number. And what happened is the people went above and beyond and brought free will offerings to build the house of God. Now, I love this because it didn't say a number. It talked about their time, their talent, and their treasure. Some folks are skilled to do some things. Some folks have the talent to do some things. And some folks have the treasure to give some things. But all of them came together and brought free will offerings to do the work. And the people continue to bring it morning after morning. So the skilled workers were doing all the work on the sanctuary that on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses this, 
Before we go on, I want you to know if we all play our part in the kingdom of God, this is what would happen to every church across America. Instead of doors being shut down and people giving up and saying, well, I know God called me to this, but we just couldn't thrive. We just couldn't survive. If the people of God came together and lived out the God-given purpose and calling and were willing to be a part of doing the work, this is what would happen in every church. And who wouldn't want this? It says this. And they said to Moses, the people are bringing what? More than enough for doing the, the work the Lord commanded to be done. That's why we don't believe in going in debt at Divine Church to do what God's called us to do. We don't. He would never call us to be in chains to go be a part of what he's building. And that's exactly what's happening in the tabernacle here and the place where God wants to bring his spirit, the place where God wants to house himself is the people were giving freely and giving and willing to be a part of what he was building so much so that they gave until they said, well, hold up, time out. Like, could you imagine that? Could you imagine going to a church that said, hey, you know what? I know you're putting that in the tithe box or you're going, you're going to give, but we, we, we got enough, man. We need it. Have you ever been to a church that's done that? No, I haven't either. But how crazy would it be? We wouldn't have to have a thermometer or leaves or a house that's filled in that we just put red lines and had to do that. No, when we're following God and being a part of what he's called us to be a part of and the work that he's doing and we play our part willingly, we don't have to stand up here and beg for offerings. We don't have to stand up here. And here's the thing, you don't have to either. You don't have to beg God to be more gifted than he's already gifted you and created you to be. You can just rest Remember, when God's in it, he gives rest to those he loves. You can rest in knowing you're doing exactly what he created you to do. Love that. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. Moses literally had men outside and said, calm down. Restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all of the work. So as we're camping out here in this moment, I just want to tell you, what I love about the Old Testament church is they were trying to build a place so that God could come down to them and house himself. The reason for the tabernacle was God said, I need a place to rest in something on earth. I've got to be in something on earth so that I can connect with my people, I can connect with people, and I can have a love relationship with them, and I can show them and reveal myself in a brand new way to them. And so that's what they did is they built this tabernacle and they gave freely. Well, I love in the New Testament church, it wasn't just about building the tabernacle. Because remember, what is it that we are? Our bodies are a temple, right? Where we're supposed to take care of ourselves. And we know that the spirit of God is housed in us if we have a relationship with Jesus. And so the church in the Old Testament was worried about building a place to meet Jesus. Whereas we get to be the church now as the New Testament. And we get to go out and be a part of what Jesus is building and doing. So much so, we can feed the widows. We can feed the orphans. We can go out there and be a part of what Jesus is doing and meeting people right where they are. We don't have to tell them that they have to come to a specific place at a specific time to encounter God. They can do it right where they are. And I don't know about you, but that gets me fired up and that gets me excited and so thankful that we get to live in a time just like this where we can. Where it's not just about the good old, the good old smash boy, the good old I-O-T-S-Z-J-N-L. We get to be together, unified as one, doing exactly what God's called us to do because when we do, we'll have more than enough to do the work. Can you imagine what would happen in your life if you had more than enough to do the work that God called you to do? How many of us feel like we have that in our life? Hey, I'll raise my hand. I don't feel like it sometimes. <laughs> I don't feel like I have more than enough to do the work that he's called me to do. But you know what? I got two feet on the ground. I got air in my lungs. I can see what he's calling me to do. I'm getting to be here and be a part of this family connected together. So I tell you what, I've got more than enough to do what he's called me to do. 
I promise you, he's got more. He's given you more than enough to do it. You just got to be willing to step into it. The question is, are we willing? Are we willing to bring that? Are we willing to bring our surrender? Are we willing to bring ourself to God and say, I just want to be a part of what you're doing? I know the folks here have been here since early in the morning, and they definitely, definitely want to be a part of it. Maybe you're watching online and you're trying to figure out if you want to be a part of what God's doing. I want to tell you, take that step. And when you do, you won't regret it. You absolutely won't regret it. If you're listening on a podcast, take that step. Be willing to take that step. I can tell you in my life, it cost me more to be disobedient than it was to willingly take a step into the unknown with faith than it was to hold back and be comfortable exactly where I am. It always cost me more to stay where I was. Always did especially if Jesus called me to it. So I want to tell you, you got to be willing to do that. So when we see that, and I look at all these pieces together, I see that what God, unless the Lord builds it, they labor in vain. And when I look at the tabernacle, was it the people who built it or the Lord? It was the Lord, right? The Lord got all these people together. The Lord skilled, gave skilled craftsmen. The Lord brought all these things together. The Lord moved people and said, hey, this is what I'm calling you to give. Will you give? And they were willing to do the work. The people played a part in it, but it was the Lord who built it. And so, so many times, like I said, you may say, hey, that's just an Old Testament thing. That's awesome. The Lord doesn't move that way. But you see, in the church, he does. Because if you've got your Bible, the last place we're going to hang out today is in Romans 12. That's way in the New Testament. It's the fifth book of the New Testament, if you want to get there. If you're following along on the Bible app, you can get to Romans 12. And what that is, is you can see in Romans 12 and actually 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about this. He talks about the things that God has given us. Romans 12 verse 4 says this. For just as each of us has one body with many members... And these members do not all have the same function. I'll say it to you this way. The Smash Boy doesn't have the same function as the Hugo Block as the Cleveland Z or the Rhode Island Z, right? Or the, what, what were the other two? I can't even remember. The Blue Ricky and the Orange Ricky. <laughs> Just because they don't have the same function when they come together, my goodness, the things that they can do. So in Christ, we though many form one body, and each body, belo- each body member belongs to all the others. Did you know, did you know that you belong to each other? We belong to each other. We need each other. You see, growing up, what the world tells us, and even in the freest country in the world, the best country in the world, I'm so glad we get to live in America. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. We live in the best country in the world. I'm so thankful for the freedoms. I'm thankful for the sacrifices we're about to celebrate on July 4th for all the servicemen and service families that are fighting for our freedom day in and day out. I'm so thankful we get to be here. But the thing is, in our culture, we're grown up to be an I, an O, a T, an S, a Z, a J, or an L. What I mean by that is we're grown up to make our name better, aren't we? We want to be the I block, the hero. Because if I can stand on my own, then there's nothing that can stop me, right? That's what we teach each other. And so what ends up happening is we don't think we need each other. We go through season after season after season, and what happens is we start isolating ourselves more and more and more and more as the body, and we don't think we need each other. And then we don't mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice, and all of a sudden, we don't find community anywhere in our life, and we can't figure out why. It's because we forgot that we're connected together. Like it says, each member belongs to one another. 
because each of us have these different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And what, is, what are we supposed to do with those gifts? Because, you see, if we belong to each other, then we've been gifted not for our sake, but for the benefit of those God's placed around us. It says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I need to grow on that mercy front. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm bad about that. I definitely am not doing it cheerfully. But the thing is, Jesus has placed people in my life who are merciful. They do it cheerfully. So here's what I'm trying to get at with all of this, and, and, and I'm going to have three quick points in just a minute. But what I'm trying to get at today, and the reason that it matters is when we're talking about this Tetris block, and I think back to my childhood and all the joy it brought me, compared to what the church can bring the world, that's nothing. The church can bring the world hope. The church can bring the world joy. The church can bring the world life by pointing it to Jesus. But we got to belong together first. And we've got to see that because here's the thing that I can get caught up in if I'm not you. It's great for me to have a prophecy and to have intellect and to know what the future holds. But if I don't share it with you and say, hey, if you keep running red lights, you're going to get in a car wreck. If that's the prophecy, I can't tell you. What good is the prophecy? If I go around, if I go around and I say I'm, I have a gift of serving and I serve no one but myself, I'm not connected to anybody. I'm just a bunch of eye blocks doing nothing. If I go around and I, and I say my gift is teaching, well, if your gift is teaching and you ain't teaching nobody, then what good is the teaching? You're just going to stand in the mirror all day and just pump yourself up and just, I mean, that little girl was cute on that YouTube video doing that. That was great. But like, what good is the teaching if there's nobody to teach? God's given you that gift for a purpose. If it is to encourage, are you just going to encourage yourself and build yourself up every day? That's no fun. I mean, yeah, you got you to gotta preach the gospel to yourself every day. You definitely do. But at the same time, if you can't encourage others around you, it's not benefiting others. If it is giving, then give generously. As my great-grandfather, uh, my Papa Hawkins said, there ain't no U-Haul in heaven, son. So I want to tell you, if God's given it to you to give, there ain't no U-Haul in heaven. You got to figure that out. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If God's called you to lead, you got to do it diligently. You got to have people to come along with you. Otherwise, you're just leading yourself. If it is to show mercy, Thank you, Jesus. I know you're working on that. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so I, I can get fired up and I can get on all kinds of tangents with this, but why I get excited and why I think about these things is so many times in our life, we think about finding our gifting. We think about finding our calling. How many of us have that cliche that we play out, that platitude of if you'll just find your gifting, if you'll just find your calling, you'll get to be a part of all that God wants you to be. Well, finding your gift's important. More importantly, it's what you're willing to do with it that makes all the difference. Because here's what I want to tell you how, how much God loves you. Here's how much I want to tell you how, God, how much God loves us. Is he doesn't give you your gift to hold on to. So imagine this. You bring Tyler. Oh, you already know this, so I see the faces drooping. You bring Tyler a Christmas gift. Yes, he may not open it in front of you. That's just how he rolls. But you bring Tyler a gift, Christmas gift. He likes to cherish those Christmas gifts. If you know me, I do. I like to cherish those gifts, and I don't open them all at the same time. I like to open them uh, a couple of days in the row. I know that that's weird and that's crazy, but I like giving myself joy and say, ooh, there are 10 gifts, so I get to have 10 days of presents. I know, that's selfish. That's how I roll. But uh, say you gave me a gift at Christmas, beautifully wrapped gift, best bow you've ever seen, and I have that gift together, and it comes about June. You come to my house, you come to Thursday Night Greenhouse, and you see that gift still sitting on my counter, and you ask me, how do you like that gift? And I say, 
man, I don't know, but it's just wrapped so beautifully. I just can't open the thing. It's just so pretty. Well, then you're just like, okay. Well, then it comes to Halloween, and that gift is still sitting in the same spot on my counter, and you ask me about that gift. Do you feel offended? Do you feel okay with that if you've given me a gift that I just leave sitting there unopened? You see, so many times, don't we treat God's gift that way? He's given us a gift, and we just leave it sitting there unopened in this pretty little package because we care more about what it looks like instead of living it out and sharing it with the world. But so many times we can get stuck with that because we think that God only gives us one gift. But you see, that's not what he does. He gives us a gift to open and share with the world. And when we do that, he's got an even better, bigger gift coming behind him, the assembly line of gifts and blessings he wants to give us, and says, hey, will you open this one and share it with the world? And when we're willing to open that and share it with the world, he's got another one that's coming right down the line. And he'll say, hey, if you're willing to join me in the work that I'm doing, if you're willing to do this, and you open that gift and share that with the world, you'll be amazed at the joy you can bring. And that's what life is in following Jesus step by step, is one gift of blessing after another. I'm not talking about this prosperity gospel stuff. That's not how I'm rolling. I'm saying God's gifted you for the season you're in to share it with the world because your gift wasn't meant just for you. It was meant for that person you meet at the gas station. Can't put, can't fill their tank. That single mom who's been trying, who goes in and pays the quarters, you've seen her. God's gifted you to be generous so you could go and swipe that card to fill that woman's gas tank up whether you knew it or not. That kid that, that's wore wear the same shoes for a year that you've noticed, that's why God gifted you with generosity. Hey, that person at work that's that person, God's gifted you with mercy. God's gifted you with mercy and encouragement. You can give them encouragement. And if you don't know what to say, don't worry about it. Just ask God. Say, Jesus, I don't even know what to say with this person, but I know you put them in my life for a reason. And you've given me this gift. Give me the boldness and willingness to share it with them. Because when you do, all those blocks are coming together. And when those blocks come together and the body works as one, man, we can go places, right? The things we can do, the places we can be a part of, the stories we get to be a part of. But if I just care about building up my bank account, I'm going to keep passing by that single mom that can't fill her gas tank up. I'm going to keep passing by that kid. I'm definitely not going to talk to that. I'm definitely not going to have anything to do with that person. And when it comes to when it comes to that person that says, I know the future, or, or I just don't know what the future holds, you know what? I don't know what your future holds either, but I know if you've got Jesus in it, it's going to be better than it is today. I can promise you that because if he ain't called you home to heaven, then glory to have the best feast you've ever had in your entire life, it's just going to get better on this earth. Your circumstance might, get any, might not be any better, but I promise you with him in it, it will be built and it will make a difference. I can point them to that. I can point them to that. I can point them to how I give. I can point them to how we do, to, to how we teach. I can say, when somebody comes to me and says, hey, what does this mean in the Bible? What does this mean in the Bible? I can say, well, this is what Jesus is teaching me that it means. And it's crazy. When you do that, he can open up so many doors, can he? I mean, people will come out of nowhere and ask you about the Bible. So what am I getting at with all this today? I want to ask you what you're bringing. I'm not, this ain't a capital campaign, don't get excited, I don't, you know, if you know anything about me, that's not how I roll, I've, I've clearly laid that out, I believe that Jesus will call you to give what you're supposed to give, I'm asking you, what are you willing to give, what are you bringing, because God's at work all around us, what are you willing to be a part of in it, because if we're the body and we're willing to be together, 
the difference and the joy we can find. But if we're not together, all we are are these little blocks floating on a screen, falling time by time, and they make a bunch of noise when they clank together, don't they? That's all we are. I know that Jesus has made us to be more than that. So three things I want to share with you if you're trying to figure out the gift that God's given you today and how you want to live it out. Number one, God created us. If you want to level up in your relationship with Jesus, you've got to understand that God created you. We've shared it time and time again that, that we, we can go all the way through and, and, and David talks about being knitted in the womb. I want you to know that you aren't a one-night stand. You aren't a mistake. You aren't a, Saturday, a Sunday afternoon surprise. Uh, you, aren't, you aren't anything. You aren't an oopsie. You aren't any of that. You are here for a purpose. You are made with a purpose. You, God created you for a purpose. And it's not just for you. Believe it or not, it may be for the people God has in your life. Would you trust that he created you today? And you say, well, science says, science says this, science says that. Well, let me ask you this. When's the last time that science made a baby? Because the last time I checked, it takes a man and a woman to do that. And we've talked about how the odds of you being born are like a turtle in the middle of the ocean, swimming up and popping his head through a little inner tube. That's the odds of you taking your first breath. Yet here you are. And you believe that something bigger than you created you. So I want you to know today that God created you, and he didn't stop by just creating you. He's gifted us. God has gifted you. God gifted us. When we look at what was happening in the tabernacle, it didn't say that those skilled craftsmen had all those gifts beforehand. There was something that they had that gave them those gifts. If you were to look at Exodus 35, you can go back and look at it a little bit later in your time. Uh, what it says that, that it, they gave them, the, in verse 31, it says, And he has filled them with the Spirit of God. I touched on it. See, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was housed in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies. We talk about the Ark of the Covenant. We can talk about what was happening there. But you see, Jesus... Jesus told us that we could do even greater things than he did, but we had to wait on something. We had to wait on the Spirit of God before we can do it. When you give your life to Jesus and you believe that he alone is the thing that can set you free from the cycle of sin in your life, it's the Holy Spirit that sets you free, that makes you understand the gifting you have. It will give you discernment in the words that you read. As a matter of fact, it will show you even more the things in this world and the gifts that you have to share with this world, excuse me, it'll show you the gifts that you have to share with this world. So did you know that God has gifted you? And you say, I don't have any talent. I don't have any gifts. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because if you didn't and you didn't have anything to offer this world, God would have never created you. You see, the thing that scares me the most about where we live right now is so many times, you know, I I told you the politics game, the figure that out the Russian meddling somebody laughs about it hopefully that doesn't get any crazy on YouTube there but in this generation you can't make mistakes anymore kids are I, there was just a, a kid at the NBA draft right now and something he did in high school is costing him his NBA career he just got drafted something he did in high school a mistake he made in high school and the thing that I want to tell you how you know that you're gifted is this and how God created you for a purpose is when we create, keep creating a world where second chances don't exist, people are just going to keep taking their life day after day. I hate to tell you, but that's the truth. Because if they don't think that there's a second chance that's offered, then they have no will and no reason to live. And I want to tell you, we serve a God of second chances. We serve a God of grace and mercy. We serve a God that says, hey, 
you were disobedient in this, but I'm going to walk with you through the consequences of your disobedience step by step. And I'm telling you, there's more than a second chance because as you walk through your second chance, you're going to help somebody else that's on their fifth chance. And you're going to come together and you're going to be unified as one. And you're going to show someone the hope that they can never find in this world. But you got to be willing to walk with me step by step to do it. And the scary thing that I can see even inside the church, even inside my Pharisee heart, is when we don't give somebody that second chance. We've got to give them the second chance. And we've got to leave the rest up to Jesus. Because it ain't my job to convict you. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It ain't my job to judge you. That's God's job. He only gave me one job. And that's to love you. Right where you are. And I hope you would love me right where I'm at. And if you don't, that's okay. I got some good food to share with you, and you'll love it, and that'll be good enough. Because anytime you're around me, we're going to have some good food. So I'm going to tell you, that's what it's called. And last but not least, number one, God created you. God's gifted you with something that's incredible. We're going to have a way you can find out what your spiritual gifts are here in a little bit. But God called you. He called me. He called us. He created us. He gifted us. And he called us. And something that you've heard in church growing up, I'm sure, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20, Go ye therefore into all nations, making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the end of the age. God called you to go to the ends of the earth to share your gift with the world. And if you say, I don't have a gift and I don't know how to share, well, he's told you the two greatest commandments, love God and love others. Just love people right where they are and your gifting will show up. I promise you it will. Just love them right where they are. Just love them. Yes, they keep making the same mistake time and time again. Love them. Love them right where they are. See what's going to happen. Yes, they've hurt you time and time again. Love them. Doesn't mean that you don't set up boundaries. Just means you got to love them. You got to point them to Jesus and all that you can do. And the gifting that you have might be the very thing that makes them see Jesus in a brand new way. And you say, well, how do I know that I'm called? Well, I want you to look back at your story. What does your story look like? What is your story? At the end of your life, if somebody were to write this epic Netflix, whatever story, whatever they, biography, whatever it is the kids call that nowadays, I'm that old, I'm sorry. Uh, make fun of me for Tetris, that's okay. Uh, whatever it is, would it just be as boring as you act like it is? Or would it be something that had meaning and significance? If you want to add meaning and significance to your story, always include God in it and see what will happen. And I promise you, when folks look back, they aren't going to talk about you. They're going to talk about the hope that you pointed to. And if it, when I go one day, that's all I want people to talk about. Y'all, gonna, y'all, you better have a celebration. I've shared some funny things I'm going to do. We're going to have a puppet show. We're probably going to sing karaoke at the funeral. I'm going to come down in my Elvis cape. See, y'all didn't know I was that crazy, but I am. And we're going to have karaoke. We're going to have a good time. But we're going to point to Jesus in everything that we do. And so I want you to know, look at your story and see how, how that's happened. What's your personality? Do you like being in front of people? If you don't, maybe you shouldn't be a greeter. If you don't like being in front of people, maybe maybe that's not your gifting. Maybe your gifting is to pray with people. And the people who pray with people don't have to be out front, all smiles, ready to go, getting you fired up. That, that, that isn't it. Maybe your gift is just giving. Maybe your gift is giving. Step into that. And you say, well, I don't have thousands and thousands. You don't need to have thousands and thousands of dollars. Jesus celebrated that widow's might more than he did all the Pharisees who gave more than a tenth of their spices. Guarantee you, and value and numerical and world value, that was more than that lady could have ever brought to her life. But she said, God, I'm giving all. Whatever it is you've called me to give, I'm going to give it all. 
So if God's called you to give all of a dollar, give a dollar. I'm not even telling you you got to give it here. Give it where he calls you to give it and watch what he'll do with it. I promise you. It'll be crazy. So look at your story. Look at where God's moved in your story. Go back in your story. See where he's moved. Look at your personality and see what he's doing as you're trying to find your gifting. And I'm going to ask you for real, what gets you fired up? What gets you excited? Cricket, don't get me excited. Polo, don't get me excited. But you say football, I might go crazy. I mean, that's just who I, I, you, you say a basketball or you say baseball. I get excited about that. There are games, there are things that you're passionate about that I have none for. But that's cool because that's why you're here is to educate me about those passions and I can show you my passion and we can work together as one body to see what God's called us to be. So I want to ask you today, when I say that, what are you bringing? What do you, what do you bring? Do you believe that God created you? Do you believe that he's gifted you? Do you believe that he's called you? Because here's the thing. We're always better together, aren't we? We just read in Romans 12. You can read in 1 Corinthians 12. And then right after 1 Corinthians 12, if you ever want to read that, go back to 1 Corinthians 13. I could talk about that all day long. We talk about the love chapter. We know about that from marriages. That's the thing that's said all the time. But you want to talk about being a real part of the body? Just love people right where they are. I promise you, you're going to find your gifting because we're better together. And that's why in, in all of your chairs, there's these really cool little toys that you can play with. These little construction zone things. you got some bulldozers, some cranes, I think a dump truck. And the reason that those are there is I want you to be reminded it's not about what you're building. It's about what God's building. And the only thing that will make that little thing go is if you're willing to be a part of it and see it move forward. If you're willing to be a part of it. And would you trust that God's trying to build something today that's going to bring joy to the world, that's going to bring a difference to the world, that's going to literally point people to eternity or is it just going to be another manic monday oh, another freaky friday another wednesday wednesday my thoughtful thursday my thankful thursday is it just going to be another one of those hashtags or is it going to be of something that's different because i didn't see the people of god getting distracted by the work that he's called them to do they just love people right where they were and said god i want to be a part of it so here's what I'm trying to tell you today. I want you, if you get nothing else, to know that you can be connected together here. Does it mean that we're perfect? Absolutely not. You're looking at reason number one. So we're not perfect. We're not perfect. But I'm telling you, if you want to be connected to a life that's fulfilling, a John 10, 10 life that God loved us so much that he sent his son down to die to, that on the cross, paid the penalty for our sin, loved us enough not to stay dead but rise again on the third day, and then gave us the Holy Spirit, that literally raised him from the dead to live a John 10, 10 fulfilled life, when people look at you, do they see that? Or do they just see another one of those Christians tell me how wrong I'm living, tell me how bad I've got it, tell me how terrible I am. They're going to see the love of Jesus in you that says, come right here, come be a part of what Jesus is building in you. You see, the reason I got a dump truck is because I got a lot of crap carrying that I'm carrying right now. You know what I mean? And you know what? There's plenty of room for more. The reason I got a crane is there's some things that I got I to gotta dig some ditches. I got to dig deep. And sometimes in my life, God's going to dig some things out of me like he's trying to dig it out of you. So that way you can see that there's something more for you. And maybe there's a bulldozer. And sometimes, sometimes God's got to push some things around in my life and yours so that we can see what really matters. And so what I want to ask you right now is, are you trying to live your life like that good old IOT, S, Z, J, and L? You trying to live a connected life? Here's the thing.
what you think. And the thing is, I'm not trying to push at you. If you're being convicted of something right now, that's not me. Talk to Jesus about it. We got people that want to pray with you about it. That's, and we got people that aren't even going to pray with you. They're going to love you step by step through it. They're not going to condemn you for it. They're going to walk with you through it. Can you see that? So maybe you say, well, I really don't know what my spiritual gift is. That's cool because I talked about some things. Maybe prophesying scares you. Maybe encouragement scares you. I don't know. Maybe that's you. And you're like, encouragement? Maybe that's not you. Maybe mercy is not good. Maybe giving, you're struggling with that and you can't figure out your spiritual gift. Well, here's the cool thing today. We have a way that you can find out what your spiritual gift is. If you'll go to thevine.tv slash spiritual dash gifts, you can take an online survey and find out what your spiritual gifts are. It'll, it'll give you your top three. It'll give you your top three. And in that, what you can do is from there, it'll actually give you a description of what it means and give you some next steps to take it. Now, this isn't uh, something that we haven't developed it yet at Divine Church, so I want to let you know it is from a place called churchgrowth.org, and so they are allowing us to have that up. And so in that, they are going to send you an email. So far, I've only got one extra email from them, and what they would do is they send you an e-book you can download on your gifts, okay? Uh, And I think it costs maybe three bucks if you want it. It's totally up to you. But I do know that they will send you an email after the fact. But the cool thing is, the cool thing is, all of us aren't meant to prophesy. All of us aren't meant to be the one who gives generously. All of us aren't meant to be the one who shows the most mercy or shows the most encouragement or who can teach or who can lead the best. That's not what we're, but together, when we come together, and I take my weaknesses and I put them with your strengths and you take your strengths and put them with my weaknesses, holy cannoli, the difference we make. Holy cannoli is the joy we bring. Just like all those little pieces come together in that Tetris block, if you will. So, if nothing else today, I just want to ask you, would you be willing to let to, to join us and be a part of what Jesus is doing? Now, I know you're, uh, many folks here are faithful sowers here at Divine Church, but it doesn't just stop with just us getting in a rut of just doing the same thing over and over again. I know there are folks right now, you say, hey, we got folks who listen all over the world, and you say, there's nothing that I can do. I'm, I'm in Spain listening right now. What can I do? That's why we have church online. There are people in Spain that need to hear the hope of the gospel. Maybe you are the link to help them hear the hope of the gospel. We'll put tools in your hand to help them do that. You just got to let us know. Reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to get that in your hand. Maybe you're trying to figure out your spiritual gift. We'll figure out a way to get it to you in a different language. Trust me, there's ways to do it. We'll find a way. Google is incredible. The time we live in, Google is amazing, right? So I just want to ask you today is maybe maybe this is encouragement. Maybe this is a push. I don't know. Maybe wherever you are right now, I just want to say, hey, let's join Jesus in building something that brings joy to others together. Not that we aren't, but the thing is we ain't done. We're still connecting all these blocks together. And maybe you're a block out there and you think you got to live your life alone. Come get connected. Come figure that out. Come see what Jesus will do. Because I tell you, it's going to be something incredible. And as we get close to the end here, I, wanna, I just want to say it this way. The thing in our life where we can get stuck is this. So many times we can go try to build it on our own, like the American dream. You can get some success with that. But it's going to die with you. Why do these great companies get shut down time and time again? Because the founder dies. The founder dies. And the vision can't be carried forward. The thing I love about the church is the reason that it will never die fully is because the church was never just built on me and you and the work that me and you do. 
It's because God's promised that he will build his church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are part of that. And so my thing is, is in your life, maybe you're looking at once again this time and all these things that you're building and you don't realize that you're building it on sand. I just want to ask you, have you included God in it? You see, the thing about the church is the only reason the church grows and the only reason that the church is ever built is because there are people that are willing and know that Jesus is who he says he is. Not people who are willing to condemn you, not people who are willing to throw a thousand scriptures in your face time and time again. People that are willing to share the word of God, but not people that are willing to put you down all the time and and do that. No, no, no. People who are saying, hey, I'm a sinner. I couldn't work my way out of it. I couldn't earn my way out of it. I couldn't pray my way out of it. I couldn't give my way out of it. I couldn't write enough Hallmark cards to get my way out of it, right? I can't do that. I couldn't write enough leadership books to get out of it. I couldn't teach enough people time and time again about it. There's no work I could do that could get me out of it. Do you see John 3.16 reminds us because he knows there was nothing we could do to get out of it. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. See, God's in that. Whoever believes in him does not die but have everlasting life. God made a way. He sent the ultimate building block. He sent the thing that connects us together more than anything in his son. But he didn't stop there because so many times when we share this verse, pastors stop there and it breaks my heart. Because the thing that's even more important comes right after. Not only did God love us enough and make a way, He reminds us he didn't send his son into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus didn't come down here to tell you everything you did wrong. He came down here to show you the way to life, not to condemn you. And so the thing is, I'm going to love you right where you are. The thing is, if you can't figure out your gift, love people right where you are, and I promise you, your gifts are going to pop up like crazy. You're going to see what you love doing. You're going to see what God gifted you in this season. You're going to see what he's calling you to give back, and he's calling you to belong to. And so right now, maybe there's someone in the room or you're watching online, you're listening in the middle of the week and you're saying for the first time, you're realizing that your entire life, you've been trying to build something without God in it. And I want to promise you, it will fail. You may see success for a season, but just like the stock market, it's going to come crashing down. And the thing is, when it comes crashing down, the thing that it's built on will make all the difference, whether you have hope for tomorrow and have hope for eternity or whether you're just going to crash and burn with it. And so right now, we do this every week because the reason we do what we do is we point to the hope that we have is not the hope that we've built, not the hope that we have the most in, the, the, the best words or that, that, that we can say the best things. No, we, we point to Jesus because we know he is who he says he is. So right now, when you look back at your life and you look at your story and you look at your passion and you look at your personality, you look at the things that you're building, I want to ask you, has Jesus ever been a part of it? And if he's not, I want to make a way for you to do that because the thing is, the reason it comes crashing down and the reason that that it comes crashing down is because of sin. It can't possibly live. Sin is something in your life. The penalty of it is death. There's no way to earn your way out of it. There's no way to work your way out of it. But the thing is, because God in his great mercy sent his son down, we have a way out. We've just got to be willing to join him in the work he's doing. And how do we join him? We believe he is who he says he is, and we believe the only way out of that sin is Jesus Christ and confessing him as Lord of our life, believing that he died on the cross for our sins, 
loved us enough not to stay dead, but he rose again on the third day so that we could live a life and live it to the full. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, has Jesus been in your life? Are you just like those Tetris pieces floating out there? No connection, no hope, no future, and you're putting your hope in the things of this world. Or can you say that something lasting has been a part of your life? And so right now, if you would like to give your life to Jesus, we're about to say a prayer, but it's not the words of this prayer that gets you saved. It's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is. That there's no way you can get out of your sin alone. There's no way that you can live life and live it to the full alone. There's no way that you could actually build anything that could last alone. Only through Christ can you do that. So I'm going to ask everyone to repeat after me for the benefit of those coming to Jesus for the first time. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, lived a life I couldn't live, died the death I deserved for my sin on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, if you're watching online or you're in this house, I'm going to count to three. And I'm going to ask you if it's the first time that you've ever given your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. If you can say for the first time you've ever had Jesus be a part of your life, for the first time you've seen that what you're building isn't lasting, that what you're building isn't something uh, that's going to go into eternity, that what you're building is something that's going to die with you. But by giving your life to Jesus, you see that you get to be a part of eternity. You get to be a part of hope. You get to be a part of building something that lasts forever you're online watching, you're going to see a hand that pops up. You can respond. If you're on Facebook, you can shoot a comment. Or if you're just listening by podcast, you can email us at prayer at thevine.tv or give us a phone call or or shoot us a text at 864-580-6698. And when you do, you're going to find people that want to connect with you and walk with you through whatever season you're walking in. And for everyone else, I'm about to pray. But I'm going to ask you as we end up here in worship, Let's build something together through this worship. I'm going to pray that through this worship that it builds this week to be the best week yet. So, dear Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. Thank you that you allow us to be here each and every week. That you have given us this opportunity to love you and love others. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to worship in your house. And dear God, just thank you uh, for folks that are watching and that are distracted by the prayer with the podium moving. Thank you that no one got hurt and thank you that Jesus, you love us and that you came down and lived this life and you made a way for us to have life that is to the full. As we worship in this moment, Jesus, I pray that we would be connected to you like never before and I pray that we would be connected to each other like never before. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray.
Is anybody else thankful they're a child of God today? Can anybody be excited about it? Hey, how many folks, I know today so many times, I, I, I got another 30-minute message prepared. That, no, I'm just kidding. For real, I'm so thankful Jesus lets us be here. I want to tell you, I'm so thankful for the people that I've got to connect with that Jesus has brought here. But I know that there are even more that want to get connected and be a part of what Jesus is doing. And here's the thing. 
The church isn't just one location. It's around the world. Wherever you are, there is a church that you can get connected with. And I promise you, you can be a part of something so much greater than you. And you can bring so much more joy than those little things going, sliding out, going all the way through in your little Tetris game. So I want to tell you today, wherever you are, get connected. If you're looking for a church to get connected with, we would love to help you with that. Because when you reach out to us, that's exactly what our heart's going to be. Because our heart isn't about building our name. Our heart isn't about putting the vine in shining lights. Our heart is to do exactly what Jesus has created us to do and exactly what he's made us to be and know that he's gifted us so that we can give away the gifts that he's given us. And we know that he's called us to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so we are thankful for each and every person that does this. So everybody get connected together at the end. I mean, come across the aisle. I'm not worried about the camera. I'm sure. Come on, everybody. Get you, get in this thing. Come on, come to the center. I'll come with you. We'll dance. I'll crowd serve. We'll be good. And, and, if, you need to, and, and, and if you need to do that, I'm just going to pray. Everybody, let's pray together and let's just do what Jesus has called us to do. So Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that we get to be in your house and that we get to live a life that we couldn't do alone, a life that's immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Jesus, just thank you that, that we aren't just a single piece floating out there, that you created us to be connected together, that you created us for a purpose, that we aren't a mistake and we aren't defined by our past and we aren't just something that just happened by randomness, that you created us with a purpose. So Jesus, as we follow you step by step, I pray that we would live out that purpose of loving you and loving others. I pray that the gifts that you give us, that we don't hoard it and leave pretty wrapped on our counter, that we would open it and share it with the world because we know and we believe that there's an even greater gift that you're bringing along. And if that gift doesn't happen on this earth, it's going to happen in eternity, spending it with you with the best homecoming ever with macaroni and cheese and banana pudding and we can eat it because our digestive system is healed praise god we thank you jesus for that we love you lord it's in your name we pray amen everybody have an awesome week we'll see you next week where we talk about some power sneakers <laughs>